0: Decision podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by Voice Pods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law. www.nypti.org People v. George Garcia, Decided November 21, 2023. Halligan, J. Defendant George Garcia argues that his conviction for two counts of criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree (see Penal Law Section 265.031B3) should be reversed because the trial court impermissibly limited questioning during voir dire. He also argues that his sentence, the statutory minimum term of three and a half years in prison, violates the Eighth Amendment given his risk of serious illness or death from COVID-19 and that the appellate division had the power to reduce his sentence below the statutory minimum. None of these contentions provides grounds for reversal. Garcia further argues for the first time in this court that the statutory provisions under which he was convicted are unconstitutional in light of New York State Rifle and Pistol Association Inc. v. Bruin. These arguments are unpreserved, and for the reasons set forth in People v. Cabrera, decided today, we do not reach them the incident giving rise to this appeal took place in July 2017. According to testimony at trial, while Garcia and his girlfriend were at a New York City nightclub, an unknown man verbally and physically accosted the girlfriend. A physical altercation between the man and the couple ensued, and club security ejected them from the club. Garcia recalled hearing the stranger threaten him as they left, and then seeing four or five people behind them as they walked toward their car. Speculating that these individuals might be friends of the stranger who had assaulted his girlfriend, Garcia retrieved his gun and began walking back toward the nightclub. Garcia had purchased the gun a few years earlier and obtained a license from the state of Utah. On the night before the incident, he loaded the gun and placed it in the trunk of his car in anticipation of a visit to a New Jersey gun range the following day. At trial. Garcia testified that he intended to use the weapon to scare the people he believed were following him, several days after the incident, he was recorded saying he was gonna light that, person, up that night and, the person, was lucky the cops came before, Garcia, did. When two police officers spotted Garcia with the loaded weapon in hand, they arrested him, following a January 2019 jury trial. Garcia was convicted of two counts of criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree one count for possessing a loaded gun outside his home or place of business under penal law section 265.033 and one count for possessing a loaded gun with the intent to use it unlawfully against another person under penal law section 265.03 1 B Supreme Court sentenced him to the statutory minimum sentence two three-and-a-half-year terms in prison to be served concurrently. In July 2020, Garcia, who was 67 years old at the time and suffered from various serious medical conditions, moved under CPL 440.20 to set aside his sentence. He alleged that his incarceration during the COVID-19 pandemic put him at an elevated risk of serious illness or death and therefore constituted cruel and unusual punishment and a violation of substantive due process under provisions of the United States and New York constitutions. In August 2020, Supreme Court denied Garcia's CPL 440.20 motion, noting the lack of reported COVID-19 cases in his facility at the time, and reasoning that as to proportionality, Garcia had received the minimum statutory sentence. The denial was without prejudice to renewal, should Garcia marshal more evidence or should conditions change with respect to Garcia's health or conditions of confinement. The defendant appealed from both the judgment and the denial of his CPL 440.20 motion. In a consolidated opinion, The appellate division held that Supreme Court had not abused its discretion with regard to the voir dire at Garcia's trial, and that the motion court had correctly declined to set aside his sentence under CPL 440.20. A judge of this court then granted leave to appeal. Two of Garcia's challenges pertain to voir dire. He argues that Supreme Court erred by barring defense counsel from examining potential jurors about self-defense as a justification and by limiting questions about gun ownership in the fifth round of questioning. When speaking to the first panel of potential jurors, defense counsel tried to ask whether anyone objected generally to the idea of using a firearm in self-defense. The court sustained the people's objection, noting that justification could at best negate the requirement that a gun be possessed with intent to use it unlawfully against another, but was not a defense to possession. The parties were allowed to query potential jurors about whether they could follow the law as instructed and whether they could be fair and impartial, and defense counsel was permitted to ask successive panels broad questions about their views on guns and gun ownership. After four rounds of voir dire, the original pool was exhausted. Prior to questioning the supplemental pool, the court asked the parties to rein in their questioning because counsel's broad questions were confusing the jurors and causing them to speculate about the case. Midway through questioning the fifth panel, defense counsel asked jurors to raise their hands if they thought that non-law enforcement personnel should be allowed to possess guns. Supreme Court instructed that the proper question was will the jurors be able and willing to follow the law in our state as it applies to firearms? When defense counsel continued to ask about each panel's personal opinion regarding firearm ownership, Supreme Court again rebuffed his attempts. Throughout the process, the court took an active role in questioning the jurors, noting not only their answers, but whether they seemed equivocal on being able to follow the law and whether their body language indicated strong insurmountable or emotional reactions to guns the court struck several panelists for cause and the parties liberally used their peremptory challenges as garcia notes the court ultimately instructed the jury that lawful justification could pose a defense to the intent element of one of the charged crimes and the jury's notes focused on this instruction a trial court has broad discretion to control and restrict the scope of the voir dire examination people v bowler it is essential though that both sides have a fair opportunity to question the prospective jurors as to any unexplored matter affecting their qualifications cpl 270.151c that standard was satisfied here relying on people v miller garcia contends that the court impermissibly curtailed his opportunity to explore the jury's potential biases related to the use of guns for self defense Miller explained that questions regarding jurors' ability to follow and apply the law go to the heart of determining whether those jurors could be impartial and afford defendant a fair trial. Thus, where the trial court completely precluded any questions about whether jurors could disregard an involuntary confession and refused to make its own inquiry on the topic because the prosecution had not yet decided to introduce defendant's statements at trial and then later introduce them, the court abused its discretion. This case is distinguishable from Miller. To be sure, notwithstanding the broad discretion of the trial judge to manage voir dire, any restrictions imposed must still afford counsel fair opportunity to question prospective jurors about relevant matters, see People v. Miller, dissenting op at 24. But here, unlike in Miller, while the trial court precluded general questions about jurors' views on self-defense, counsel and the court both questioned jurors extensively about their ability to be fair given the facts of the case, including asking jurors broad questions such as their view on the whole issue of gun control and gun licensing, and their ability to apply the law that applies to this case as instructed notwithstanding those personal views. On this record, we do not agree that the trial court abused its discretion such that the juror's ability to follow and apply the law as to Garcia's defense for his actions was inadequately explored. Garcia also contends that the court improperly curtailed the questioning of the fifth panel. Given that previous panels had expressed confusion over the expansive questions, and defense counsel was able to ask the jurors on the fifth panel a series of abstract questions about their personal views, including on guns mass shootings, licensed guns, gun control, and whether they had any moral or political objections to individual firearm ownership, this argument is unpersuasive. Garcia's contention that it was necessary to ask these jurors additional general questions about gun policy and unlicensed firearms so they could fully appreciate their own biases is similarly unavailing. Counsel asked a sufficiently broad series of questions to elicit jurors' personal views including on gun policy generally and whether they could be fair to a defendant accused of illegally possessing a firearm. In our view, no abuse of discretion is apparent on these facts. Garcia further argues that the trial court should have vacated his sentence under CPL 440.20 because his age and health conditions put him at a higher risk of serious death or illness from COVID-19, rendering his sentence unconstitutional under the Eighth Amendment particularly considering the equities of his case. On the record before us, this claim does not provide a basis for reversal of the decisions below. Nor could the appellate division have reduced his sentence below the statutory minimum, CCPL 470.20, People v. Hark. Finally, Garcia argues that New York State Rifle and Pistol Association Inc. v. Bruin, renders penal law section 265.03, 3, section 265.03, 1, b, and section 265.15, 4, facially unconstitutional, and renders section 265.03, 3, unconstitutional as applied to him, claiming that because he held a Utah license, the only reason he did not possess a New York license must have been the proper cause requirement invalidated in Bruin. Both defendants' facial and as applied challenges require preservation for the same reasons set forth in People v. Cabrera, decided today. Therefore, we do not reach them. Accordingly, the order of the appellate division should be affirmed. Order affirmed. Opinion by Judge Halligan. Chief Judge Wilson and Judges Garcia. Singus, Kanataro, and Troutman concur. Judge Rivera dissents in an opinion. Decided November 21, 2023. Decision Podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by Voice Pods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at Nipt Law. www.nypti.org slash law.